You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series, movie, or audio and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I am John. And tonight we are looking at the 2016 Japanese film Shin Godzilla. We'll start with a movie synopsis that is actually surprisingly longer than I thought it would be when I sat <laughs> down to write it. Well, lots of stuff happens. Meetings and more meetings. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> An underwater disturbance in Tokyo Harbor causes breaks in the Aqualine, a 10-kilometer underwater tunnel in the bay. Government officials are mobilized into meetings to deal with a problem, which appears to be geologic or hydrothermal in nature. But the situation on the ground is changing rapidly, with reports of some form of marine creature in the bay. This calls for more meetings, and more meetings arising from the meetings. One ambitious young minister, Rondo Yaguchi, tries to press past the fossilized response of the government to deal with the problem, which continues to evolve. As first, the creature starts moving up the Tama River, pushing water and debris into Tokyo like a tsunami, then evolves the ability to walk on land. Time for more meetings to determine if they can use the SDF to defend Japan from a creature. It's not permitted in the charter, but maybe they can do an emergency thing? After more meetings, the PM authorizes an attack with helicopters. The creature evolves again and rears up on its hind legs and flops to the ground. The attack is called off when unevacuated civilians are spotted in the area. The creature returns to the sea. Time for more meetings, more press conferences, more uniform changes, and official ministerial visits to the affected area to survey the damage. Laws are even passed authorizing emergency funds. Yaguchi is put in charge of a special response team. He collects a team of low wolves, nerds, troublemakers, outcasts, academic heretics, and general pains in the bureaucracy, and sets up a flat organizational structure in order to analyze the situation. They have plenty of laptops, chairs, and photocopiers to deal with the situation. Their analysis indicates that the creature is in some way nuclear. The U.S. wants in on the action for some reason and sent Senator Patterson's young, ambitious, and half-Japanese daughter, Kyoko Patterson, to coordinate with Yaguchi's team. It seems the U.S. Department of Energy already had a heads-up on this creature, which they've codenamed Godzilla in English or Gojira in Japanese. It's tied somehow to rogue nuclear scientist Goro Maki, who discovered that nuclear dumping led to sea creatures becoming adapted to the radiation and mutating into something now dubbed Godzilla. After leaving incomplete clues for the DOE, he escaped Japan, where he went missing. Godzilla creates new nuclear isotopes inside itself, and the DOE wants them, please. Maki's boat was found abandoned the day Godzilla first appeared, and his personal effects contain the complete information, but it is indecipherable. They do, however, begin to formulate a plan that if Godzilla is nuclear, perhaps they can freeze him with blood coagulants. Godzilla returns near Kawasaki, and the government decide to fight it there before it reaches Tokyo, because, you know, Tokyo is more economically important. Godzilla has evolved again and doubled in size. The SDF attacks with helicopters, missiles, tanks to no avail. 
the U.S., in the spirit of cooperation, and yay, we get to play with some of the big guns, sends in stealth bombers. That shows signs of promise, but Godzilla now evolves a new ability. First, fire breath, then laser breath, wiping out one of the stealth bombers. Payback time, and the U.S. planes attack from behind to avoid the laser breath. Godzilla now launches lasers from his spines, wiping out the U.S. planes. He burns the city, slicing the buildings, and setting fire to everything. The attack also kills the fleeing prime minister. Yaguchi's team survived, mostly because they were too junior to get a helicopter evacuation and had to go in car and on foot. <laughs> Godzilla goes dormant. It looks like Godzilla can evolve to do anything and reproduce asexually. It will destroy the entire human race. So the U.S. team head off to prepare to nuke Tokyo, which they managed to get through the U.N. Security Council because Russia and China already wanted to nuke Japan anyway. The new interim PM is a senior time server with no spine to stand up to the U.S. Finally decoding Maki's document, Yaguchi's team develop a plan to defeat Godzilla without nuking Tokyo. If only they have the time to pursue it. With the help of France to create a delaying tactic and international cooperation between governments, private industry, and NGOs around the world, Yaguchi's plan comes together. In an epic and clockwork precision executed plan involving drone airstrikes, controlled demolition, sea-to-land missile attacks, big old cranes, and even trains. The plan is executed and Godzilla is frozen with under an hour to go before the nuclear strike. Japan is saved, but the clock remains set to 3,526 seconds till nuclear attack if Godzilla stirs again. On the tail of the frozen Godzilla, strange humanoid Godzilla-like life forms appear to have been emerging. The end. Okay. Shin Godzilla, you've not seen this one before, right? That's correct. This was this was the first uh, Godzilla film, I think, for a while because of the whole U.S. getting the rights to do Godzilla, and 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 then they can't do him again for a while because of the legendary right. films now. And so um, th this was um, this was a, a bit of a, a a level up from previous Godzilla yeah. films. What yeah. what did you think of it? Well, as the name says, Shin Godzilla is new Godzilla. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's um, kind of a retelling of the original, what was it, 1954 story? Something like that. Yeah. Definitely 50s. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there are a lot of meetings. It really showcases <laughs> Japanese in, in all bureaucracy and action. Um, it, you know, I, it, it, I, I, yeah. I, I haven't been in meetings where they decided to adjourn from one meeting room to another meeting room to have another type of meeting. Yes. That yes. bad, but, but yeah, they, that's, uh, they do that. They pause meetings to have other meetings. Then they come back to those meetings. Then they, <laughs> you know, different, different types of meetings. Like you go from a meeting in the prime minister's office to a meeting in the cabinet room, because now the one in the cabinet room has to deal with official like minutes taken and things. And then we have yeah. meetings to talk with the experts. And then, you know, we've got to have a meeting to discuss what we're going to say at the press conference. And now we've got to go change into our press conference uniforms. And it's just, it's so the, the original Godzilla film is, <laughs> is, you know, the nuclear bomb. It's the attack on Japan by the United States. It's an allegory for the disaster of nuclear attack. This right. is, the Tohoku earthquake yep. and Fukushima nuclear disaster. This this yep. is 
Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. Yeah, they are absolutely trying to say something about Japan and about government response and inertia and all of those things. And, you know, and it's not like they aren't efficient. The people doing this stuff are like on it and hardworking and do oh, their work. Yeah, and it's think. astounding. The, 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 the work that the Japanese government, the actual Japanese government has done to render aid in times of disaster like that has been phenomenal, but it's just, it's slow in so many levels of bureaucracy. And it's almost like, almost like a play is being enacted. Yes. Yeah. It's very complicated. they They also have very rigidly rehearsed scenarios. Yes. And that's what this is. That's, kind of what this is playing off of if you if you pick something they knew like here is an earthquake they've got that that's prepared oh, the, the honest, teams yeah. and everybody you know you just activate it and you say go and do it but one of the problems that they had with the tohoku earthquake was they had that massive 9.1 richter mm-hmm. earthquake 20 2011 uh march march 11th 2011 i think yes and uh so just about five years before this and that in itself is a devastating, massive disaster. I mean, it, it moved the orbit of the Earth. It was so big. And you had that followed up by a massive tsunami. Yes. That, you know, all over the world. Hit, hit the United States. Hit, bounced. I mean, a massive, massive tsunami. And then a nuclear disaster. And Japan's government got some criticism for their inability to roll with that. Yeah, it's like, it's like how, how do we deal with an earthquake and a tsunami and a uh, nuclear disaster? Ah, you know, it, it it's that's they're playing with that here. The Godzilla yeah. is a rapidly evolving, I mean, literally a rapidly evolving <laughs> disaster. Yes, exactly. In this film, and every time they prepare a plan, it changes. Uh, there, there's a fantastic scene where you know the one of the nerd troublemaker people, a junior scientist says, you know, I think Godzilla is, this creature is going to be able to walk on the land. And then they talk to the the main experts and the main experts say there is no chance it'll walk on land. So the prime minister gets up there and says, yeah, you don't have to worry about this thing. It's not going to come up on the land. And as he's saying that, an aide runs up to him and whispers in him, it's on the land now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. And of course, the prime minister is not happy about being made to look like a fool, a liar. Well, he says, or, but or, he's, yeah. he's not a liar; he's just a fool, uh, right? You know, right? It's 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 the stereotypical. The last thing a politician wants to be is proven to be wrong, and they'll yeah. go way out of their way to avoid that. And for the most part, people see it, say they're wrong, and they just keep denying it. And it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, you're just making it worse. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Nope. <laughs> In this case, it uh, really wasn't any. I mean, he, he he admitted it. I mean, he just he got the news. He said, okay, yeah, it's on the line. Yeah, I mean, um, that's pretty undeniable when you see a big old monster starting to walk on land. You just told me it couldn't. It's like, okay, yeah. I guess I can't BS my way out of that one. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I also think is, the, 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 let's talk about the, the PM. He is quite mm-hmm. risk averse oh, in this. Yeah. Right. I mean, he is he is the one that has to authorize basically everything that they do and they are not going to do it until the PM says, go ahead and do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's 
but they're the ones telling him what needs to be done. So in other words, they formulate the plan. They say, here's what we have to do. And then they, you mm-hmm. know, okay, PM, I need you to say, okay. Right. Because the last thing that any uh, of those people want to do is be held responsible for what they just did. For They can't do the initiative. The buck stops at the PM it, and that's, and, but unfortunately exactly. there's an, there is an inertia. I had a, I had a, a, a when I was in Japanese class mm-hmm. in college, um, one of the guys that was in the class was an engineer and he was one of those engineers that, uh, is when you buy some big, incredibly expensive piece of equipment, oh. he is the engineer that goes with the equipment and lives with the equipment for a year or so. Yes. So that yep. they have a big, big, expensive equipment, right? Yeah, like a wafer and, fabrication facility. Yeah, yeah. I, think it, I think it was something to do with a wafer fab or something. I, I'm not 100% sure what it was. It's been a, yep. quite a few years. But he was telling this story about how incredibly efficient the Japanese were and how, you know, admirably prepared they could be for things. But he said, we had a situation one day where something that the things were going wrong. And if they didn't turn the equipment off, it was going to ruin it. And it wasn't something that they had rehearsed for because they were going to lose a lot of money if they turned it off. Right. Right. Yeah. So he's there with a the team of people working that equipment and the things go off and he goes, you got to turn it off now. <laughs> and they couldn't, they couldn't do it. Oh. They couldn't do it. They had to call, you know, management. They had to get a oh, team. Man. They had to get this going. And there was, he said there was a Korean guy on the team and the Korean guy just walked over and turned it off. <laughs> now, <laughs> like, yeah. he said, and that's the way that, and, and it's what we see here in this, in this thing, they're not going to take that responsibility. They're going to, they're going to plan it. And when you say do it, they're going to do it, but it's, it's definitely a, it's definitely a satire. This film is a satire and a monster movie in one. Well, there's a Japanese proverb. The tallest nail gets hammered first. (laughs) Yes. And that's, I think that's a big reason why a lot of people don't want to take that initiative is that, uh, it's like, oh no, I've spoken up. Now I'm going to be attacked or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, so geez. it is. On, guys. And, and in this film, there is a lot of, uh, there is a lot of, uh, we can, we can throw it on America. There's a, there's a lot of respect and hatred for mm-hmm. America in this film. Oh yeah. In, in equal yeah. measures. You can definitely right? tell that they have experienced being, uh, being an assistant to Japan or to America uh, in lots of things. But, yeah. you, but you know, there's a, like one of the ministers says the, the Americans admirably favor the capable instead of the, what was the exact words he said? They favor the capable instead of the um, uh, basically time servers. The, yeah. Sen, the yeah. seniority. That was it. They favor yeah, that's right. uh, yeah. ability instead of seniority. And he and he literally says they admirably uh-huh. favor the, you know, which you know in this case he's kind of referring to uh, Kyoko Patterson that right. she's she's a, a real. There's a lot of ambitious young people in this mm-hmm. show that that they're like scheming to to be basically the president of the United States and the prime minister of Japan. Right, and exactly. The guy who the guy the Yaguchi is the 
protege of uh, Akasaka, I believe. Uh, and he's, he's an uh, advisor to the PM, and he's ambitiously trying to be the PM. Right. Of, I mean, of the country. Dealing with a guy that says, I'll help you out, but you have to promise me a, a cabinet position when you become. And then PM. there's that guy. <laughs> yeah. And that was the, the lower guy mm-hmm. uh, under Yaguchi. That's right. It was, or it's, uh, it's party all... secretary. That's what he wanted to be. He wanted to be party yeah, secretary. Yeah. He wanted to be party secretary. Yeah. <laughs> so it, 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 yeah. There's, and so we're talking, but we've been talking about the politics of this thing. And I will tell you this that this film <laughs> was a lot longer when I was trying to take notes. And watch this film, and I'm like, wow! I did not realize how long this film goes between Godzillas. Yes, there are some very, very long stretches, and I'm not opposed to that because, like I say, there is. I laugh at the stuff when they're just shifting from meeting to meeting to meeting. And, <laughs> oh yeah, that's and, funny. That's funny. And they even know it. They talk yes. about it in the hallways about how stupid it is that they do it, but they do it anyway. Like, oh, go get my go get my blue overalls for this situation. <laughs> like, exactly. Wow. I have to go put my emergency costume on. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, is is completely true because if you ever see Japanese um bureaucrats, politicians at any sort of like uh an event where there is a, oh, yeah. you know, uh, any, any sort of uh, an emergency or anything like that, they are always wearing their specialized uniform. It's like, Oh, and they're kind of like jumpsuits. Yes. They're kind of like overalls. They're, they're, they're not like, well, yeah. The, yeah. They look like the type of uniforms that, uh, you know, somebody who's working in a factory would wear or doing mm-hmm. you know construction. Yeah. That Japan really adopted the whole uniform workforce yeah. kind yep. of thing. If you're not a, a salaryman, in which case you are wearing a uniform. It just happens to be a suit and tie. Right. You look like some uh, uh, British civil servant from the fifties. <laughs> yeah. You, then you are, you know, wherever you're working, you're in a uniform and mm-hmm. everyone's wearing the uniform. They just, they it, it's part of a, it's part of a management or a productivity philosophy that yeah. uh, was uh, implemented. I think at Toyota originally, uh, that sounds right. but it, it just, it spread throughout the society that that it's foreign to us (laughs) like it's very foreign to us and but it's important to them those uniforms are important to them that's why they have to go put them on to show solidarity i I don't don't solidarity place in society um kind of a, a badge of importance yeah and and also you know the the politician kind of being one with the people yeah, could it, yep. all all of those things, all of those things mm-hmm. could be. So I, uh, I, you know, there are some there are some stretches in this film where you could be forgiven for going. I, 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 am I watching a, a monster movie? But if you watch the original <laughs> Godzilla, there's an awful lot of you know the, the screen time is not that great. It doesn't need to be. The whole point is it comes up, messes you up, and then you have to deal with it. And yeah, exactly. Uh, so it, it's kind of, um, it, it's, it's kind of the whole, the Japanese horror is kind of the horror of the aftermath instead of mm-hmm. the horror of the moment, right? That yeah. it's, it's yeah. dealing with, it's dealing with the aftermath and all the, like in the original Godzilla films, of course, the scenes are 
uh, designed to evoke the survivors of uh, uh, Nagasaki and in Hiroshima, Hiroshima, where they've got all the the people in the burn wards and the field hospitals and the doctors, and they're mm -hmm. all just you know yep. blistered and, uh, and dying and and radiation sickness and whatnot and and it's that's more horrible than the moment of the destruction or at least you know they're both don't get me wrong it's not oh yeah yeah but it, you know the, there is the lasting horror of it uh, of the after effect and that's kind of what we see here in this film godzilla comes in really does some damage and then it has oh yeah really screwed it's, people it's up. very much it's very much like in the real world when there's an earthquake earthquake will take a moment but the aftermath right. can be take years and same thing mm -hmm. with tsunami you know same right. sort of thing and even hurricanes and if you have them on the same day like with that. a nuclear meltdown huh. you got yeah. a you got a trifecta yeah exactly oh boy that's a bingo card that's completely filled up yeah yeah so let's talk mm -hmm. about well anything else on the bureaucracy or or any of the aspects there they really go out of the way to show just how dedicated the government workers are though I, I thought that was nice. And yeah, I guess this they're... is this is part of partly bureaucracy, bureaucratic. It's kind of political. There is a very strong message of Japan should be stronger that goes yeah. through this. And this is big team. time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. huge sense of team. And they're all working towards not just dealing with the Godzilla thing, but I think there's also kind of a you know, we're we're a a, a, a major power in the, the world and you know maybe it's time for us to step away from the shadow of our past and kind of let us call the shots and not just let the the americans call the shots for us all the time <laughs> well eh, you know fair enough um yeah but and and you know since well i don't know if it's since this film was made but i, so I know that there has we been should a mention the SDF. Japan in the Oh, yeah. Everybody should know what the SDF means. That's the Self-Defense Force, the Japan yep. Self-Defense Force. It is it is Japan's not army, not military. <laughs> it's their Self-Defense Force. Yes. It's their jet fighters and it's their their Navy, their Navy ships the and their tanks. It's but they're not army. They're not Navy and they're not Marines. They're the right. Self-Defense Force. They're definitely and not in their not equipment that we've given them. They've actually like licensed F-15s and they call them the F-2s and all sorts of stuff like that. But the in their, I believe at the level of the Constitution, they can't have a military. Yep. Uh, and there is a charter for the SDF and it can only be used in very, very restrictive uh, situations. And I think it's interesting because, you know, in most of the Godzilla films, Godzilla shows up and out comes the tanks, right? There's no, right. there's no discussion. Of it. Now there's uh Gamera guardian of the universe came out in the nineties, which I do recommend anyone who's interested in Kaiju films to catch that one. Uh, I think it's, I think it's the nineties. Uh, it was a re reimagining of the Gamera line. And mm. in that there is a long discussion of long, for a movie of that sort discussion of can we even use the self-defense force huh. which is also in this film because you can't yeah oh yeah, so, yeah. the self-defense force can only be used to fight an aggressor nation yep that is attacking japan and you know there there's a scene where they're in a meeting and there are a bunch of people plowing over the documents for the sdf going well but you know 
maybe can we use it against a living creature? No, we have to use it against a, a, a nation or nation state. And they're just like, you know, section this, section that says, no, we can't do it unless it's this. And they're tied, right? They're, they're, they're stymied here. They've never yep. foreseen a giant creature <laughs> coming up on land and that they needed to fire uh, missiles and stuff at it. And so uh, I, they get the, the PM to put out some sort of an emergency situation that they're going to, uh, and and he's likely to take the fall for this. Yeah, it's yeah. it's they they admit it. it's basically an illegal action, but we're gonna do it because yeah, they, they have no alternative. <laughs> they have no alternative, and they can't call in the U.S. because the U.S. treaties say we can only help you if you yourself are fighting. <laughs> so so if they yes, can't mobilize right. the SDF, the U.S. can't help them. They can't call in the military because that's one of their first things they do. Let's just get the U.S. to come in and bomb the thing. Say, thank goodness they had capable bureaucrats. Yes. <laughs> but once they get the SDF involved, then they can get the U.S. to send in the stealth bombers and stuff. And they're all happy to come in and use the toys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I may be reading some of that in a little bit. But, yeah, it seems the, the U.S. seemed pretty willing to start sending stuff in when Japan asked. You know, this is yeah, not I, like, oh, we asked the president and he's all like, nah, I don't want to do this. Like, no, no, you stealth bombers, you got them. Well, I think <laughs> so also that uh, that in return, the America was going to get, you know, first cut of any data that they get from this conflict. Yeah, there was. So, well, no, yeah, the, there was definitely some think, some payola there. I don't think we got that in the first attack with the stealth bombers. I don't think they'd reached that point. I, I think that oh, came they, out they didn't the stealth that bomber yet? attack. I don't think oh, so. Okay. I I won't swear to that, but I I I think that that one came pretty much. Hey, want to help us? Sure. <laughs> oh, we got some, some thousand pound bunker busters to we got drop some. off for you. So let's talk about Godzilla. I will say, and, and and in this Godzilla film, Godzilla is a man in a motion capture suit. Yeah, this pretty much. A, this is a CGI. Godzilla, I've seen the special, it's on the Blu-rays, of showing mm -hmm. how he's working. He's in a motion capture suit dragging a big block. A weight, yep. Yeah, that behind him great. as a tail and, uh, and stomping around. It, it, looks, it looks amazing. I understand that the design of Godzilla, which goes through these very un-Godzilla-like, like first off, just maybe a worm or something out in the bay, or maybe it's a tail, who knows? And then it's this kind of amphibious kind of gills. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Slopping goo out of its gills and, and, uh, and, you know, then kind of rears up on back legs and it just kind of keeps mutating until it gets fairly close to the Godzilla that we <clears throat> know and love by the end yeah. of the film. But it looks phenomenal. Oh, it's, it's only cows. Yeah. Staggering. And when he opens up, his fire breath for the first time. Oh, and that I was, mean, that was amazing. <laughs> that is just Holy the hair God. stands up on the back of your neck. And he's like, wow, I wonder if Dresden looked like that. You know, you know when I, mean, I saw that, I was thinking, you know, this makes the uh, nuclear Holocaust scene in Terminator look like a sneeze. It, it makes independence day explosions oh, yeah. look like nothing. That, the special that, that effect fire. crew that yeah. that that did the the desolation of downtown Tokyo, wow! It's uh, oh, it man, phenomenal. it was just amazing. Yeah, the the 
the the the oily fire that uh spread out while he was blasting the, the ground yeah and then yeah and then the laser beams that came out of him were just just stunning it's like that's terrifying they came out of his mouth and his yeah. tail yeah and they're just slicing all the buildings around right him. and they they're not just, like particles or anything like that they 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 are beams they just move yeah. through the air just in that that weird way that laser beams move and, yeah, and just slicing with no the lag whatsoever just, yeah exactly just and... cutting things up with just not stopping yeah and then uh, it, and then when the 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 US jets are like well he's got that thing coming out of his mouth let's come up from behind and exactly. payback from blowing up one of our bombers and he just kind of bends forward and then every spike on his back fires a laser out of it yeah and he's just slicing those this giant bombers laser up, yeah, yeah whatever i need hedgehog of death yeah exactly yeah that and was they later amazing. point out that he's got some sort of naturally occurring passive radar which is how it, he is able to detect these like there's a later scene where lots of bombs are yeah. dropping on him from drones and i mean he's just he's just wiggling those things around and just destroying them well there's a, a shot where they're uh they had a uh some sort of a uav that was going through the city getting reconnaissance mm-hmm. stuff and then it just quits and that's you know uh, Godzilla has destroyed it automatically. Yeah. So he's got this early def- early, war- early warning defense system that just gets everything. And it's good to see that Godzilla still has his war on trains, but the trains yeah, we, we, back. I, I Yeah, I want to come to those trains in a bit. I want to come to those trains. With that. Okay. But I would say the, the scene where he burns Tokyo in the middle of the film is worth mm-hmm. the price of the admission. Oh, admission the holy film. Yeah. It's just yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, in, in in it's a destructive sort of way. <laughs> and the scenes when he first comes on land, where he's just mm-hmm. kind of he, he's he's just, just the water pushing rain. water and everything in front of him, the boats, the houses, everything, cars, just like a tsunami. Exactly. I saw that, and it's like I wonder if the guys who are working on this had trouble sleeping after doing these shots when they they saw the the completed work. It's like, wow, that looks just like what killed lots of people a couple of years ago. That's really That's scary. Right. It, yeah, it, it was it's exactly horrendous. Like that. It, yeah, it looked exactly like the footage everyone saw of that unstoppable tsunami, that wall of water encroaching to the sea and destroying Debris. it completely. It, See, there's yeah. a shot with a guy running up the street and the water. The, it's again, it's you say yep. water, but it's really debris in water. So it's just like pushing a, a massive right. everything buildings and stuff. And and yep. you know that guy running up the street, it's just following him. And I don't think we see whether he gets away or not. But no, I don't think he does. We don't see him get killed. But I think they cut the scene out before it catches up to him. But yeah, and there there was a scene where a family is trying to get their kid. Uh, oh yeah, you know, like a jacket or something like that. Get them out so they can they can escape their their uh, high rise that they're in, and then he it gets pushed over. over. Yeah. yeah, it just gets pushed yeah, over, and, and you see sold. them sliding towards the the other death. Yeah, exactly. It's like wow. Oh, yeah. Okay, Oof. man. Uh, it, it's it's uh it's <laughs> it's a heck of a it's a heck of a, a spectacle. When yes. when Godzilla is on his rampage, and so they have a first attack that's ineffective. Right. When he's in the city and he starts coming active again, they come in with the helicopters, and I love the fact mm-hmm. that they have this. We'll come back to it. They have this plan 
right? We'll start by shooting. We're going to shoot him in the head and we're going to shoot him in the legs because there is radiation in his body proper. And we don't right. want to whatever we're going to, try to mobilize him or kill him. One of the two. And they're very, very precise. They're machine oh, yeah. guns from the chopper's head. Missiles from the chopper's head. Eventually, they come down from the tanks. The tanks are firing at his legs. And yep. every shot know, fired hits. Yep. And it makes there are no, no misses, nothing, and it does not do one thing. I have my notes. No effect. No effect. The only thing that made any effect was the bomb from the stealth bomber. Yeah, the two two bunker busting bombs that actually cut through him and exploded, and just annoyed him. Yeah, he he kind of burst out blood and goo and stuff like that. But and he just turned around and wiped him out. Yeah, and so, then he started. And he, you know, he wiped out the tanks and the base with his you know, tail and, uh, it just, yeah, it was a bridge on them. Yes, that's right. It was, it was a bridge. Yeah. He threw a bridge on the command base and on the the tanks. Yeah. Uh, it was, it's, it's like, it was the classic impotence of the military fighting Godzilla, except this time the military seemed competent. Yeah. And there was still, there was nothing they could do. Utterly ineffective. Yeah. You know what? And I think if they would have nuked Godzilla, dropped an atomic bomb on him, he just would have stood up like a Martian war machine and just kept on going. I, it's but a good question as to whether hit. or not he would or not. He, he was he damaged by the bunker busting bombs, so maybe yeah, maybe, maybe the, I, burned him down, but you know, who wants to find that out by nuking Tokyo? Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> Russia and China, <laughs> for starters. Oh, yeah. Wait until he gets to Yokohama and then do it. So, there's already a move in the United Nations from Russia and China to actually bring in the nukes and stuff. And it's not until the Americans find out that I forgot what it was. Oh, that, that he could reproduce asexually. And then they're like, yeah, we better, we better go use our nuclear wisdom to save the day here. I think those are their exact words. Our <laughs> nuclear wisdom. <laughs> I'm just hoping that's just really clunky, awkward English dialogue that they. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah. Um, but okay, the trains. Yes. <laughs> the final battle, the, the it's not called the Yaguchi plan, but it's the Yaguchi plan. It's, it's named after mm-hmm. something else. Godzilla is 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 dormant. They're waiting to nuke him. Um, yeah. he's beginning to come back, and of course they've got to implement this plan. The idea is to to take Godzilla down and pump him full of these coagulants, which based on their analysis that if they can slow his blood down, he will freeze. Right. Not quite sure. I understand that even that to this part moment, is but pure hand wavy. If you ask me, I, but I think that's, that's my well, only was, real flaw in this film. <laughs> I think <laughs> well, they tried. I think they tried to make the argument for it. it was something to do with the fact that he didn't actually consume nuclear material. He created nuclear material and he, all he needs is oxygen and water. And so it was something about the way that they tried to to argue that if they could if they could stop his blood from circulating, then he would freeze up because of the processes going on. But I didn't understand it, and it may have been bumped up in you know subtitles that were also showing what brand of photocopier they were using or something. I don't know. <laughs> yes. It was it was a little confusing. It's like uh, maybe coagulants not the word that they meant. Maybe they meant a blood a blood freezulant, but they don't have a word for that. Or I don't know, but I I cheered 
the first time I saw this film. I cheered the moment they sent in the bullet trains. Yep, that <laughs> was, was a good like, idea. Send in the diversionary trains. You're like, what? And then two Shinkans are barreling down the tracks right and at must, him. They feet. must have loaded those things with explosives, too, because they blew oh, it yeah. up real good. They blew it up real good. And then, let's see, what did we have after that? I, I have this whole thing written down. They, they do a diversion for the <laughs> bullet trains. And that kind of gets him moving. And then the U.S., who is still helping out. And by the way, they make a note of it, is that there's a lot of people in the U.S. military, the Marines and the Army and whatnot, who are volunteering for this yes. mission. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is, they're, they're trying to also go with, this film is also talking about uh, improving international ties and, and working together beyond borders. So they're not just picking on the Americans, but they are also giving them some credit for being helpful as well. So anyway, yeah. they send in a, you know, our UAV drone attacks, like we're, you know, bombing civilians elsewhere. We're in Afghanistan and places and they bomb, they try to bomb the heck out of Godzilla and mm-hmm. he lasers them. And so right. drone wave two comes in and he lasers them and drone wave three comes in. And I mean, they're just sending in thousands and thousands of drones and by the time he gets to drone wave five, he burns out his atomic power, his, his right. laser. His it power kind of is depleted. Back to fire. And then he goes to tail and mouth and drone wave six comes in. And that finally, they're, they're just using the drones, nothing yep. more than diversionary tactics just, to just deplete his power. Yep, and exactly the what they'd they be that, used for. They blow up the buildings around him. And they oh, that fall was great. Yeah. Oh, that was great. It's like, that's <laughs> impressive. That's impressive. They just, they filled the the buildings like trees. And then the destroyers at sea bomb the other buildings around him that weren't bombed. So they fall on him to bring him Mm -hmm. down, to topple him so that they can bring in this fleet of, oh, and then they bring in the, uh, the, the, uh, the other train bombs. Other suicide trains, the commuter trains. The commuter commuter trains trains get in on this too. Some payback for those guys. It's like, and they're just executing this thing like clockwork right yep. they have just got this thing out and this plan and here we are and we are executing it and that brings Godzilla down again because i think he started to stand up and they they got him down a second time and because and then the cranes come in and they're pumping the coagulant <laughs> into his mouth with these giant uh it, it, it's uh, I, high pressure cement cranes i were uh, like doing cement work on top of skyscrapers yeah <laughs> Yeah, and they're pumping the yep. and they have to bring in two teams that because the first team is wiped out. Oh, Godzilla completely gets up wiped time. out. Just yeah. whoosh. Oh, they're all gone. Wow. Yeah. Bring in the second and third wave. And <laughs> exactly. Second and third <laughs> wave of greats. Yep. And uh, it, I, it's really is it. It's uh, I gush. I'm gushing over it because it's such a great sequence. It's my favorite sequence. That and the the fire sequence are my absolute favorite moments in all Godzilla films ever. <laughs> they really yeah, are. It, it's an incredibly well executed plan. It goes like clockwork. There's no unforeseeable hitches that occur. Yeah, it works. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and in the end, after Godzilla freezes and they you know mm-hmm. Kyoko comes back and she's having a chat with Yaguchi and she's talking about how you know you'd make a great counterpart as PM when I'm the president of the United States. And <laughs> he gives her this little speech about how 
basically what he's saying is, you know, I can try to grab the credit for this or I can or it would be appropriate to own the problems that happened and, and all the, the death that occurred. And and, you yep. know, I, I choose to own it. And uh, of course, then after she's gone, he's like, yeah, but not not I'm not quitting today, though. Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because that's that was a big deal. As soon as the crisis is over, the PM and his cabinet all quit. They they do a mass resignation, right? They're going to do it right after they pass an emergency funds bill. They're all going to resign and let a general election come in and bring in a new government. Right. So it's that sort of, uh, you know, you have to take responsibility. Sometimes it's not your fault. It's just like, I'm now I'm going to walk out on this and we'll let the voters decide. Yeah, and um, exactly. And it's uh, not that, not that they were trying to, escape anything that they've done it's just that 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 had to happen yeah Yeah. and then there's a scene earlier in the film when they're doing their inspection and they look at the the devastation that godzilla's first foray on the land which was two hours long Mm -hmm. it was only two hours long and you know the tsunami like effects and the and the and the buildings he fell on and the families and and whatnot all of that only two hours is devastated Tokyo that they're instructing it. And they're all standing around going, wow, all this devastation in only two hours. And Yaguchi says to someone else, he says, I see that we had two hours to stop this and we didn't manage it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, you know, we now subsequently in the film, we know they couldn't have stopped it, even if they'd been able to mobilize the SDF and and get in there and and fight it. But Mm -hmm. Um, or probably couldn't have, but you know, it's, it's an interesting way to turn that around on your head and say, don't look at this as how bad things were. Look at this at how poorly we dealt with it. Yeah. It's a different mindset. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it definitely shows, well, difference between boss and a leader. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody can see farther away than his own political ambition. You can see the, the whole picture, that sort of thing. So... Let's see. Did you notice that, uh, I forget what part of it, uh, I think it was after, right? Uh, there was one uh, one shot of, I think it was from a helicopter, and you could hear that were people, um, like, uh, you know, regular civilians, like, in a meeting, having, a like, a mass demonstration, and I think the, uh, the thing they were chanting was, Gojira is God. Yes, and, yes, uh, that was. Like, they have to save him night. or something like that. Yeah, it was that night. It's like, okay. It didn't really go anywhere, did it? No, it didn't. And I'm kind of glad it didn't, you know, because like in, in Ultra Q or Neo Ultra Q, you've got the uh, the the Kaiju protection people. Right. And it's like, no, oh, that really wouldn't have worked here. <laughs> there, there are there are sequences, I think, Ultraman, uh, 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 Gaia. There's mm-hmm. a, a cult that forms up about the, oh, the monsters that are destroying it's a it's a theme that shows up fairly regularly huh, in interesting. their in their stuff so i i don't know if it was i don't know if it was aimed at anything because as you say it it happens at night the yeah. city is you know in, in in it's not the total wreckage yet but it's at night and they're they're out there chanting yeah. it and our team are back in their office sound asleep at their desks so they're right. not even really hearing it and then and that's the end of it. We just. Right. And I think after that, Godzilla goes on, you know, one of the larger rampages. 
and really starts to damage stuff. I think at, at yeah, this point the, he'd only really beaten up a, I wouldn't say a small yeah, a ward, small but a, a smaller section of, of the city. And I think that a lot of people really hadn't come to grips with what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that after Godzilla belched fire into the ground yeah. and flooded, literally flooded the streets to the top of the high rises for miles yep. around. That's probably when they realized that maybe this is probably when they realized we're worship. dead. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. That too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it, it's uh, another scene worthy of note in this is the, them doing the equation about where they should engage Godzilla. Oh, Yes. Right. Let's you know economic cost uh, way too much. Yeah, the economic impact of damaging Tokyo is far too worse. Let's take out Kawasaki. Exactly. uh, You know, (laughs) it's like okay, well, (laughs) like uh, I get I. It's kind of dark humor, but on the other hand, surely you do have to sit there and make a decision as to where you're going to try to. uh, Presumably, you'd be trying to 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 minimize the loss of life which you could argue if it's less densely populated, then you might be minimizing it. Uh, but right. you know, they're talking about the, the GDP and the economic growth of the Right, United the States. economic damage done by this would also be an issue. And yeah, yeah. you kind of have to look at all aspects of the problem. So it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's a very complicated issue. <laughs> uh, another thing that I want to bring out about the film that I also love is the soundtrack. Oh yeah, which which is uh, by I'm gonna I'm putting this in the air quotes. It's by Shiro Sagisi Sagisu, who does this did the soundtracks for Neon Genesis Evangelion, and he, he incorporated both the soundtrack of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yes, the, these guys are also part of that team. That yeah, not, like the directors uh, are are from that as well, and he incorporated music from that. And the classic Akira Ifukumi mm-hmm. films, Godzilla films uh, of the day. And so there's a lot of the the old classic Godzilla march and and oh, which just perfectly fit. Yeah, he, he did a so great good. job of mixing it in. Yeah, and they had the classic Godzilla roar. Oh yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> First time he did that was just after he managed to get up on his hind legs. Yeah, after his uh, first, or I guess he, this that would be his third form. He just started to. I think into, so. Yeah, his arms sprouted out from the nubs, and he actually yep. screamed. Yeah, but as you do, as you do when your arms sprout out from nubs. Oh yeah, that you, must have stung you, you like crazy. Scream. Yeah, there's just no, there's not enough bactine for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good soundtrack. They've cleaned. They used the original mono tracks from the original show. They've cleaned hmm. them up some or, or movies. They wanted to use stereo versions, but they couldn't. They, I guess it didn't work out the way they wanted to, so they just went ahead and used the mono uh, soundtracks from the originals. And uh, they have released the soundtrack to this. If you want to pick it up, it was apparently a pretty good seller because. It's like it's almost like Godzilla's greatest hits. There's a little bit of Rodan and King Ghidra in there as well, which I particularly in the end music. And I kind of wonder, it's like, are they telling us Rodan or Ghidra is coming or is that just they liked it? 
was like, I don't know. Well, for the sake of I, found out, I hope that they just liked it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can only imagine what King Ghidra, their version of King Ghidra could do. It's a good film. If you like Godzilla films and you haven't seen Shin Godzilla, you really missed out on one of the best. Uh, yeah. Of the yeah, bunch. Uh, yeah. Certainly, you know, it's, it's hard to argue with the classic nature of the original one. Um, the original one in Japanese, not a lousy American version that yeah. we did, but the, the original Japanese version. Um, but I can't think of another one that uh, comes close. Well, yeah, I can't think of another one that comes close. I, Godzilla, the, the newer Godzilla versus King Ghidra from the 80s, I think it was pretty good, but not, not on this scale. I, and it, this does not strike me as the kind of film that you can have a sequel to it really you know the it ends with the threat of america bombing tokyo out of existence mm-hmm. uh, if godzilla ever starts to move again in an hour like i i can picturing somebody back in the u.s on that button well yeah. your job is to sit here on the godzilla button and uh, if he moves flip that switch it's all pre-programmed don't worry it's, yeah exactly the script it'll be run don't worry about it yeah, just just key in the password zero 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 zero, and uh, off off it goes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's kind of. I mean, I, I, what, what would they do with Godzilla as he sits there, or actually lays there? I guess. No, he was standing. He was standing. Yeah, he's standing up like a big statue. Would you, would you try to carve build around him? him? Yeah, build around him. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. What's in the basement? So, Don't I, look. Don't ask. <laughs> We put a we put a big thing over him like we did the uh, Chernobyl, Chernobyl reactor. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a giant cement. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, we we should definitely mention the tail. The oh, tail yeah. is creepy yeah, at the end. Can I get to that? Yeah, that I, I'm wondering if that is that might have been like here's where other kaiju come from. Well, um, I think I think he was about to spawn babies, yeah. Yeah. And they were going to be of a different type. They were yeah, going to be human-like. Human-like, yeah, exactly. They still that... had the fins and stuff, but they were definitely... They, they had a lot of look to the kind of alien. Yeah, you could see uh, uh, spines and skulls and, and things that yeah. look like probably humanoid arms. It's like that... clawing up. You're right. Yeah, that would... Oh, boy. <laughs> Good thing they got him when they did. Yeah. Another few seconds and it would have been too late. Oh, and nice thing about the uh, radiation that he was spewing. It's a, since it's a new isotope, it has a 20 day half-life. So it won't render downtown Tokyo completely unlivable for hundreds of years. Just, I think they said uh, in three years, all the radiation will be gone. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. Go back in and rebuild Tokyo. So Yeah. It's it's a it's an interesting film. It's an interesting film. Yeah, if you ever wanted to know what it would be like if Godzilla rampaged through a city, and you wanted to uh, understand what it would be like from the the actual people who run the city, this is your movie. Yeah. Anything else? I think I exhausted my gushing. I I'm still in shock and awe about the devastation that they portrayed on the screen. Yeah, it's. It, it's Gads above the legendary films. Oh yeah, and if you've if you've watched other Godzilla films and thought, oh yeah, it's just a guy in a rubber suit, you know, whatever. 
no, see this film. This is so was, different than those. <laughs> it was very controversial that he wasn't a man in a rubber suit. I understand that, but I think in this case, it's completely acceptable that they went with CG. You know, well, they went with motion capture CG. Right. So at least, yeah. Well, it's a guy in a suit <clears throat> with computer generated right, Godzilla bits. Over. Exactly. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. It's just amazing. I, uh, I, I look forward to these guys uh, doing something else in the future, which I will say they are doing Shin Ultraman. Oh, really? Which I thought was supposed to be out this year, but I think there may have been some sort of a pandemic or something, something that slowed, down uh, slowed it down. <laughs> yeah, something that's, that's Ooh, caused it. Shin Kamen Rider. There are trailers. There's a Shin Kamen Rider. I don't know how they're involved, but it's uh, that's. Uh, I think that's a retelling of huh. Kamen Rider Black, which was the one of the best of the Kamen Riders as well. So I, I don't know if these guys are involved in that, but I guess they've got some sort of. They're trying to create some sort of shared universe between Subaraya and Toei for oh. for movies. So Shin Godzilla, Shin Ultraman, Shin Kamen Rider. It's all going to mm-hmm. be some sort of marvel shared universe thing for these guys so well i think there was a at least one uh, uh ultraman versus godzilla type movie before in the past wasn't there oh, i'm thinking of jet jaguar aren't I? jet jaguar was meant to look like ultraman that's right yeah, and yeah. i think that's i think that's megalon if i'm not mistaken i think that's godzilla okay. versus megalon right don't that's quote right. me on that i think it's megalon. There, yeah there was a, another monster in there that's right and um, uh well, it could be a very interesting combination there. Well, okay. Original, just for the record, the original Ultraman series, the original 1960, whatever, uh, one of the episodes, well, of course, we saw the episode, we talked about the episode on Ultra Q where they used the Godzilla suit, but they also <laughs> used the Godzilla suit in the ultra, in an Ultraman episode. They put a frill around it like a, <laughs> like one of those like lizard. lizards. Yeah. And... Uh, it's a phenomenal scene where Ultraman's uh, battling with him and he grabs that and he rips it off of his neck, leaving this bloody huh. scar. And then he holds it up and he taunts him like a bullfighter. It's, oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it uh, says a lot about Ultraman. He's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a yeah. jerk move. No, oh, come on. You tear the guy's neck frill off and then you taunt him with it. I mean, that's like ripping his arm off and beating him with a wet end. It's just just as bad. Anyway, John, thank you for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. This was a lot of fun. Listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of Fusion Patrol, we hope you'll consider supporting us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol or buymeacoffee.com slash fusion patrol. For our monthly Patreon subscribers, we're currently doing a special series on Season 2 of Babylon 5. There's over a decade of previous episodes available at fusionpatrol.com. Come join the conversation on our website or Twitter. You can also find some of our other works at soundcloud.com slash fusion patrol. Our music is Fight the Future by Amberwolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.